the IT Mentions podcast. Listen to Neil and Pip. We talk learning technology. Tell us about the uh, LG conference then, because you did a session about um, change uh, and, and sort of like, I was reading your blog post um, and it was, I was trying to sort of like this whole thing about language and sort of like how you sort of, um, it, how it's represented, if you like. Um, so tell us about that, because it sounded really interesting. Yeah, it, it was a really good thing to work on, actually. Um, so I was already on the conference committee. Um, so I'm not on the ARLG National Committee, but I'd, I'd seen that um, someone that I know from working back at Teesside um, called Jackie Oliver had put an, an email call out on some of the mailing lists that I'm on saying that they, want, they were looking for volunteers for the conference. Um, and when I saw it was in Darlington, I thought, well, that's great because it's a it's an easy way for me to kind of get involved with something staff development wise that's close to home, doesn't really involve me having to like stay out, you know, stay away for a couple of nights and it doesn't cost a lot of money because um, our institution doesn't have a lot of spare staff development money floating around. So it was good to get involved in something local as well and, and just kind of welcome people to, to the local area. So I was already on the conference committee anyway. And then the actual conference session came, um, my friend Andrew Preeter, who I, who I ran this, the workshop with, it was his idea initially and he'd kind of been working on something and initially was going to submit it just him individually. And then something happened with the conference theme. So the, the conference theme was initially going to be um, doing more with less, that kind of saying. And then there was a bit of a Twitter backlash. And this is why I love librarians, actually, for just being like amazingly political and and kind of calling people out and and calling people in as well and trying to do it in like a supportive way. And um, so in the end, the, the conference committee, because people basically didn't agree with the more with less theme because it's kind of like, you know, that very kind of neoliberal way of going, of phrasing things that kind of means like, oh, we're going to give you less and less resources, but still expect the same service. And then all the stuff that kind of goes along with that in terms of like staff well-being and trying to like run everything exactly the same as you always have, but with way less resources. Um, so there was a bit of a Twitter backlash about the theme and then we, we were having a chat about it as a conference committee and we thought, well, we've got to listen to this. You can't, this is our community that are telling us this. You, you can't, I don't think we can just blindly go ahead and stick with this theme to the point where like no one will come because everyone will just be like, well, no, I'm not going to that. So Andrew had already been kind of working on a workshop idea anyway along like a similar theme and then me and him had been chatting about this whole thing that had happened with the conference theme and, with, and the theme had changed to kind of like working smarter in a time of change. I think that's what the, the tagline was in the end. So, I mean, Andrew Preeter is my kind of guru when it comes to anything to do with like critical theory and the literature around that and kind of looking at things through various um, lenses provided by like various critical theorists um, which are like referenced in, in some of those blog posts. So we'd like look at things like, there's obviously people like Paolo Freire, who's a big one, who gets talked about a lot in terms of critical pedagogy. Um, and then um, Foucault, 
all that stuff around kind of power and language and and that kind of thing and then I read a lot of bell hooks as well so with that looking at things with that kind of like black feminist lens um so it was really good to be part of it because me and Andrew had a lot of chats and then I was like reading a lot of stuff trying to educate myself a bit more and kind of get up to speed with some of the stuff that he'd been reading it kind of came from that really and we wanted a session where not that I'm saying that sessions that are more practical at conferences are bad because they're not necessarily bad and, I, and I've learned loads over the years from people talking about things they've done and I like hearing about things that people have done and how they've like evaluated it and stuff but we just wanted a session that was a bit different and that allowed people to rather than feeling like you had to come away with kind of like this is the solution to this problem it was more about like maybe going a bit sort of like turning inward a little bit and like reflecting a bit and um, I think it says in, in one of my in the blog post that I wrote because uh, we kind of participated we, we did the workshop but we kind of did the activities that we'd set for people as well and the first bit where it was just like writing a little bit of reflective writing just for yourself on like a, a situation where you might have had to be in a position where you're telling your manager or you're telling senior management that you can't do something or and, and like the associated feelings around that and how it might make you feel in a professional context and it was good to be able to just sit and write something and not and not be thinking in your head how am I going to word this so I, when I have to like feed it back to the group it sounds a certain way or you know you do end up like like with anything like with Twitter like with any kind of social media you do curate it a little bit and you want you're writing for an audience whereas this was just like just writing for the reflection which I found that like quite powerful um it sounds a bit cringy like when I say it like that but that's the kind of thing we wanted to get at we wanted to maybe introduce people to some of the kind of more critical theory stuff because I feel like some of those discussions about taking a more critical approach to things are becoming a bit more mainstream I don't know if that's the right term to use but you know there's a lot more kind of gaining a lot more traction I suppose on on Twitter and stuff but yeah, so it kind of evolved from that really, from the conference theme being changed and then from just sort of having discussions and from Andrew telling me that he was reading this particular thing or that particular thing and then me thinking, oh, I better read this then because like then we can have some conversations about it. Um, so yeah, and actually I've noticed only just within the last week, there's a, um, a conference being planned at Coventry Uni called Critical Approaches to Libraries Conference or CALC. So the hashtag is hashtag calc2020 um, and a friend of mine called Michelle Bond is who I've known for a lot of years is, is working on that um, with one of her colleagues. So it's really great to see stuff like that being offered in the UK because you've got the kind of digital pedagogy lab stuff over in the States and Canada and, and you've got kind of like the hashtag critlib uh, community on, on Twitter. But I've definitely felt that there's been a lack of that in the UK and, and this when you go to alt there is people who have that kind of more critical outlook and they'll present things with that kind of lens but it's really good to see this kind of like very specific library conference you know explicitly being like this is to do with critical approaches in libraries rosie that was an amazing answer thank you for <laughs> mentioning <laughs> thank you so much for mentioning paulo friere because i um i think we did discuss end up discussing um the pedagogy of the oppressed in the last podcast um, with with my episode with Tom, um, it feels like all good stuff goes back to the you know what you said, Belle yeah. Hall, Paul of Pierre, and the, the the criticality, the, the ability to 
be a learning technologist and still have that urge to critique you can have a kind of a nice balance I, I think going back to what you said earlier about you like gray areas oh that's brilliant that should be the uh, the title of this episode Neil <laughs> I, I like, like gray areas <laughs> I think that's right. brilliant because <laughs> uh, it just captures the complexity of everything um and yeah, it is quite definitely. a complex learning technologies can be quite a complex and political and uh, funny area. But thanks very much for that. Uh, you mentioned in one of your blog posts, EdTech cannot save us and we can only save ourselves, which is a brilliant statement. Um, <laughs> so I wanted to dig a bit deeper there and talk about that. And I just wondered what could we do to make EdTech work better for us rather than looking for the next solution in inverted commas. More, more, more fandangled tools that to give you more stuff that you never get time to use because the lecturers are so busy uh, doing stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the learning. Um, yeah, just like all this stuff which we kind of get put on those, all these extra things um, which can be useful, uh, but you still got to sort of get to the core thing if you like. Uh, you know, like every little tool that you add on is like an extra thing. And it, it's hard for the students as well, isn't it? Yeah. To get familiar with all these these things every time. Because, yeah, just using like tokenistic ed tech won't save them and makes life harder for everybody, I suppose. Yeah. And I think, so I wrote something on that because on, on my little notes um, earlier on today in, in answer to this question, I kind of wrote, a too long didn't read version and then I kind of made a bit of a longer version of like some notes um but then I, now I'm just laughing at myself and I'm gonna I'm gonna just read it out if you don't mind <laughs> the bring it on the too long didn't read version um is to stop letting edtech vendors sell us these solutions that aren't in fact solutions at all and are just ways for them to make money so that was my <laughs> um edtech can't save us too long didn't read version but uh, think... again that's brilliant yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and I think um, the the longer version, kind of what I was what I was getting at, is that what we I think what we need to do as learning technologists, but also obviously academic staff need to do this. Any anyone kind of working in any kind of education role just needs to do do the real work, do the real education work, which is unfortunately hard and it takes a long time, and sometimes you can run into very complex problems that you were just mentioning about things being very complex but I think if we're really serious about the value of education and about education you know as a social as a social justice and for creating a more equal society then I think we as people in in the in working in education need to kind of we need to educate ourselves on the things that are making our society unequal and then think about how we can kind of get rid of some of those barriers um like barriers to learning that people might face so obviously that like I recognize that I'm in a very privileged position because I've been to university you know I've had some some very good jobs I kind of have a lot of well I suppose working in a in a art school you, you there's a lot of talk about cultural capital and that kind of thing and then obviously now I see it as my role to be able to create an environment where the students that come to us also have the opportunity to to get some of that cultural capital and to be able to um 
you know, recognise that they, they can do stuff and that just because they might be from Hartlepool and no one ever in their family has ever been to uni and, you know, they really wanted to come and study textiles or fine art or something like that just because they're from the northeast and don't come from like a more privileged background doesn't mean that they can't do those things and that they can't be excellent at those things. And I've learned a lot from from working across different sectors and in different types of institutions as well. And I think work like my current job's just solidified a lot of the, the stuff that I think and kind of noticing the difference between going from sort of University of York, which is obviously Russell Group, you know, a lot of kind of quite well off people go there for university, a lot of kind of very middle class people who going to university for them would have just been the norm and there would have been no question over whether they could do it or do, it was just like this is what you do and then coming to an institution that's you know in Hartlepool which has a, a really low participation rate in HG kind of getting students through the door who might have other things going on in their lives and they're for them coming to university is like a massive deal they might be giving things up they might have other commitments you know caring responsibilities thing like things like that so yeah I suppose the, the the whole ed tech work and the kind of making it work better for us is I think just it has to be about good teaching and learning and good relationships between people and it's not for me really to I can be there to support our academic staff to use bits of tech as and when they might need it but I always feel like it's not for me to kind of impose things on them or to kind of say well you're doing it wrong because you're not using this tool or you're not using the VLE in the right way Um, because I've seen in other places where that tries to happen you know people try and impose VLE templates where all the sites look the same you know you try and kind of force people down a certain route and I think especially in an institution like the one I work in like can you imagine trying to force all these creative people into these like little boxes and say you must do it in this way like it's just going to make everyone miserable (laughs) so yeah I've kind of gone on a bit of a roundabout tangent way there but I think especially the ed tech like industry I suppose like the kind of vendors and the, the the goods that are for sale I think there's been a lot of discussion and a lot of things that I've seen people talking about on Twitter and in kind of various webinars and stuff where I think they try and sell us these quick fixes and simple solutions to what are actually really complex problems and I think the prey on people's fears a lot I think I think we're kind of having to we have to like get a lot of data and have a lot of data to back up what we do and like institutions you know love a bit of data love a bit of kind of information that shows where they might be in the league tables or how that might reflect on like a TEF rating or whatever and then I think this is where the tech companies sort of prey on people's fears people see it as a quick fix because they're under stress or they're kind of got other pressures and then we end up i think potentially making some quite bad decisions with the tech that we buy and then you sort of stuck with it then so that's my answer <laughs> I, I know what you mean i know what you mean because so, oh, it, it follows the trends as well uh yeah like oh we're, this institution has this lecture capture thing so let's go and get one and then like you said you do it in yeah time and... and that's what i'm conscious of with teams at the minute you know obviously everyone's like oh teams 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 and, and this is kind of happening so I'm conscious of like I'm willing to like I want to learn about it and I want to kind of see what other people are doing just kind of out of interest but I'm, I've always got that in the back of my mind of like oh hang on it's going to become a point where Microsoft will be like oh I know where we can sort of like charge people extra for this or that or and then we all end up in a situation where we're having to like pay all this money and then we think is this even what we wanted yeah absolutely and I love that what you said about the uh 
the uh, the the templates and stuff is you know like deep pollution order without control we, we don't want to sort of uh, you know hinder lecturers in, in what in their sort of creative uh, outlook uh, with VLE because it engages the students more doesn't it if they put their personality into the into yeah. what their course looks like uh, which kind of leads on to my next question which is I mean do you in terms of like library skills and information literacy and stuff, do do you because you mentioned about you you prefer that kind of role of the teaching librarian type do you how do you sort of do you do that or do you kind of have a an overview of that uh, in your role and like how could you how do you sort of use learning technology and, and stuff to kind of to improve those aspects especially if like you mentioned about the students the sort of new to education and stuff like that yeah um i'm kind of doing some reading around this at the minute actually and trying to think about how because currently um with the, the staffing that we have in the library at our place and, and we kind of we are because we are so small we we're not able to offer a really comprehensive like information literacy sort of offering I suppose our curriculum um, beyond kind of like we'll do everyone will get an induction all new students will get a library induction um, and then they usually get a follow-up session about six to eight weeks later that introduces them a bit more in depth to you know some like search strategy kind of stuff and, and looking at some of the databases that we have but to be honest I want to do a lot more around that kind of thing and I'm looking at some things that um because we're hoping to run some ma courses from our place as of next year so there'll hopefully be a couple of uh master's programs running and i'm thinking that because we are like running on almost like skeleton staff really that i'll probably take up some of that information literacy stuff for the ma students to take the load off the rest of the library staff and then yeah i was reading some stuff so there's a, a book called the handbook of art and design librarianship which i bought last year and that's got a chapter in by um, one from goldsmiths i think it's leo appleton from goldsmiths and where he talks about meta literacy and like this kind of term meta literacy and how it relates to art and design education because not only do you need obviously our students will be they, they do write essays and they will be doing a dissertation and looking at a lot of tech a lot of text-based sources but then it's that literacy around objects um in you know galleries and museums and the kind of visual literacy stuff the material culture stuff that they might need to know about and things around sort of media literacy you know that so it, and then the whole meta literacy stuff the way i understand the chapter um, I think I need to reread it really and read it again and again. But the kind of the meta literacy stuff is like knowing what you need to learn and, and how you're going to learn it. Because once our students get to sort of second and third year and they're working on their major projects and they're kind of deciding their own path really so it's about having that awareness of what you need to learn um, which I find really interesting like I, I kind of want to learn a bit more about that sort of thing and maybe develop some stuff around that really and, and think about something really interesting that I can do with our students that doesn't just kind of come across as oh they're doing information skills in the library and it's just us showing us them how to use a few databases and things like I want to do a, a bit more make it a bit more fun really but I just haven't really thought how I'm going to do that yet <laughs> yes I know what you mean uh I know exactly what you mean <laughs> Yes, trying to uh, represent it without, yeah, it like you said, because they might not even think that they need to use the library. Um, like you said, they might think they're all they're all that, you know. They might think they kind of know everything they need to know. Um, so yeah, no, that's a good a good uh, a, a good sort of tip. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, cool. and I think. Um... Like I had a chat with someone else who works in um, another art library and they kind of said how it can be difficult to change the perception of the library sometimes and to, you know, to see it as more than just like, oh, I can go in there and maybe get a few books, you know, change the perceptions of the other types of sources that we have and not only changing the perceptions of the students, but changing the perceptions of the academic staff as well and getting them to think, you know, there's stuff here that, that 
they could be using as part of their practice and as part of their sort of creative work. Yes, that it's like I don't know about you, but the comment I most often get is, "Oh, I wish I knew about that earlier." The library earlier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and like the lecturers, yeah, uh, totally. Sorry, my... Meta literacy sounds very yeah. exciting. Is it like learning? Yeah, like the sort of um, yeah, like thinking about thinking, kind of learning, yeah. like you said, uh, that whole thing. Yeah, it kind of links to what you were saying about the your session at the ARLG a little bit as well, because if you know if you need to sort of like look at your mental maps or whatever, and sort of like stand back from things and and say, okay, what what is going on here? Kind of thing. What you know, what do I need to do here to change or whatever? So yeah. yeah. And I, I keep like reading more and more about kind of like the, any kind of critical stuff around information literacy and that kind of thing. So I think I need to educate myself a lot more on on that sort of thing and then try and plan how I can plan some interesting sessions, really, and try and infiltrate the curriculum in a stealth way. <laughs> yeah, it must be really interesting because like I suppose you're in a unique position where the, with the, the focus of your of the of where you were um and like you said the type of student so yeah i suppose you have like quite a unique um challenge if you like yeah yeah it's exciting though yeah definitely cool. freedom fighters digital freedom fighters that's what we are <laughs> yes which kind of brings me on to um focusing on the northeast a bit more um, our last question for you is that um how do you think we could foreground the northeast more as in terms of having an ed tech scene a lot of places have very informal teach meets and um, where teaching staff can present their ideas from the ground up as a it's like a grassroots type approach and it works really well and I just wondered because I've been thinking about this for a long time that the northeast could have quite an exciting ed tech scene and I just wondered what you thought about how we could maybe develop that if we were going to do that yeah I think that'd be quite good um because I have I've been to this this alt northeast obviously that do that do meet up a few times a year and I've been to quite a few of those and it's good to kind of catch up with people from the different universities and colleges um but I uh, certainly coming from our institution, I can find that a bit difficult sometimes because there's such a difference between like, you know, people from Newcastle Uni and Durham Uni talking about all the different projects that they've got on the go and all the different like bits of funding and that. And then I'm just sat there like, oh, brilliant. I like, definitely can't do anything on that scale or at that like level. And even as some of the big general FE colleges, you know, they're still kind of like four or five times the size of us. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe some, I think what I'd quite like to do, and actually I've had some chats with uh, staff at our FE campus about this and we're, we're on about kind of getting something off the ground. And I think our new learning technologists will really kind of take the lead with it as well as some of the academic staff, hopefully. But have a kind of like group, like a, you know, a digital innovation group or something like that, even though sometimes I don't always like the word innovation, just using it for no reason. Um, some kind of like, you know, digital group where they'll get together and talk about what people are already doing in the teaching, what kind of digital things they're already using and getting them to like share things with each other. Because um, I feel like that's the best way to learn. And yeah, so maybe if there was like a regional thing where people could do that from all different types of places, I think that'd be really good. Do you think we could have a, an approach where we meet all face to face or do you think it would be better as a kind of in a virtual capacity or both maybe both maybe we should have a microsoft teams thing <laughs> yeah well i've got to end up on about 50 different like microsoft teams things i think it'll be like overload because there is one that i've joined i don't know if, if you two are on there but it's like the digi learn sector or something and i think that's people from like the northwest who started that i think is it for the people from uclan or something neil's just started um an ALT group this would be a good plug opportunity Neil well it was last year the ALT East England um but I'm starting a, the libraries and learning technology forum if you want to come on that Rosie uh yeah because I was talking to 
Greg, who, who, who um, he works at a sim. He's uh, I think it was like Canterbury, uh, and he's like the only. He's a learning technologist, and he's in. He works in the library now, but he's like doesn't know anything about libraries. So like it's quite oh. weird because you get like people who are learning technologists going to libraries who don't know anything about libraries, and then you've got people who are librarians who are doing learning technology type stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, similar to what you said, like a sharing um, thing, just literally five, ten minutes, or you don't even have to share something. It'd just be a question, a bit like what you were saying about sort of put it out to the community, like Twitter and stuff. But it's it's like a small group, so it'd be like a discussion, on online discussion. So yeah, like you said, just that showing thing, going on visits and stuff is is really like handy. I know, like you said, uh, like the comparisons with bigger institutions is quite difficult. But yeah, like you said, just sort of reciprocal visits uh and yeah just sharing because like yeah you could just take that idea back do something and then that's how you learn i suppose isn't it yeah and i think that's what the, the kind of wanting to get that with alt northeast a bit more uh whereas in the past it's been kind of like they might have a couple of guest speakers and things who'll come uh, but i think the kind of the want the community to to make the sessions really and to kind of like go and talk about something stuff that they're working on um i think that's kind of what they're aiming to get at over the next uh, yeah i just think any opportunities where people can kind of just talk to each other and and learn from each other i think is really useful i, I personally find it the best way to learn and i think over the years both in libraries and in learning technology i've managed to build like a community up on on twitter and through going to events and stuff where i've been like quite lucky to go to a lot of events um even if i don't know the answer to something i can maybe think oh well i don't know about that but so-and-so who works at so-and-so i remember them talking about that maybe i'll go and ask them and it's like yeah i just find that the best thing really about working in education and everyone's really keen to help people don't gatekeep that information people can work quite openly and are quite open to sharing stuff which i think i I really think is really valuable yeah definitely yeah you don't want to sort of uh hold stuff back yeah it's it's good to kind of have that open community definitely cool are we uh anything else do you want to say pip are we uh Uh, i love your your twitter account it says britney survived 2007 you can handle (laughs) i've got that on my mug at work as well But I'm thinking, like, how long can I keep that as an inspirational quote? Like, I might have to update it in a couple of years and have another one. (laughs) Could move on to Christina Aguilera. She might have had something to say after Britney. Yeah. Although I feel like maybe a bit more contemporary. Like, I might have to have, like, Miley Cyrus or someone. ALT mentions podcast. Listen to Neil and Pip. We talk learning technology. The ALT mentions podcast.